Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. So he says, therefore, you have to get rid of the filth, moral filth, and the evil. Now, Proverbs says, if you look for evil, you will find it. If you look for evil, you'll find it. And if you look for good, you'll find that. And most people are constantly looking for the filth in others. Right now, it's political part. I wasn't trying to make this political. It just, it just kind of came up. I asked Jesus to talk to me for a little bit. It just kind of came up. I'm sorry. If you're constantly looking to figure out how the other person's politics, uh, politician, candidate, whatever, is so terrible, guess what you've done with your whole entire day? Found filth. And God says, if you look for it, you'll find it. Bravo! You found something bad. Get rid of all moral filth. You've got to be the person who checks yourself constantly, day in and day out. I know more people that check how much they weigh, do they have the right things in their body, their blood sugar. Come on, somebody. Then they check their heart for following after God and getting rid of moral filth. So he says, look, if you're going to cultivate this communication with God, you've got to get rid of moral filth. It's prevalent. It's all around you. And humbly accept the word planted in you. Most people cannot exist at the level that God wants them to because they do not understand the consistency that's inside of them. So when you're out here talking and you're and you're expressing and you're and you're angry and you're and you got all these emotions going, you're usually ignoring the truth of what's inside of you. I study warriors. I like warriors. Uh, LeBron James is one of them. Not the greatest, but one of them. Say amen to that. What I love about LeBron James is so many people hate him. That's what I love about LeBron James, right? He, he continually is, is a consistent, top, very top player, probably the greatest basketball player every single year in the league, and people hate on him because of it. Think about that, Okay. Can you imagine the amount of mental fortitude it takes to be hated every single day of your life and still be the best? Somebody hates you at work, you show up the next day and you do half the amount of work and then say stuff like, I'm just having a bad day. It's been a rough week. I went out last night and I had some drinks because it's been hard. One day, one week, LeBron James, 17 years of being hated and consistently shows up until the third quarter. Say amen to that. Okay. <laughs> and I started studying, like, I, I, when I, at a very young age, maybe it's my 80s roots, we were into ninjas. Anybody, ninja fans? And to, and to find out what ninjas go through, where they like 
it's like mind over matter. You know what I'm talking about? Like, can I be invisible? Can I be mentally strong samurais that can control every part of their life and focus? And I'm just like, God, why is it these people that don't even follow after you are better than most Christians? And then I started studying people like David's mighty men. David was one of the greatest warriors running for his life and still fighting and being the top-notch fighter. How did he do that? He was focused on God. He was known as the, the man after God's own heart. He wrote and penned beautiful songs and, 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 and poems and verses about God's faithfulness in the midst of fighting. And most Christians, they can't be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because they're too busy fighting all of these battles that are not theirs to fight. They won't become consistently strong on the inside because they don't know what's on the inside. They're living in moral filth. They're living in evil instead of being uh, what I would call congruent on the inside with the word of God. To be that kind of person will make you a better spouse. It'll make you a better employee. It'll make you a better parent. It'll make you a person who prays and God shows up. It'll make you a person that people will come to you and go, how do you do it? Because you are a person who is like a samurai who says, what is greater than me, in me, is always greater than what's on the outside of me. And we're fighting all of these battles on the outside. Well, you should really be, you, you, should, you have a right to all of these emotions. You have a right to all of these experiences. You should really be worse off. You should be really struggling. Maybe you need a nap. And yes, I do. Anybody else need a nap? Me and Kevin. Um, just kidding. We need all of these things, and you just go, no, I don't. Why not? Because I have a supply on the inside that's greater. And so of all of these verses, I love that he wraps it up. He goes, you need to humbly accept the word, where is it? Planted in you. It is the Brussels sprouts that you ate last year. Planted in in you. And people go, how can you face what you're facing? How can you be so calm in the, in the face of corona? How can you love God more in the worst of circumstances? How can you go through this? I mean, you got all of this stuff going on, and you need to be the kind of person who goes, I've just got a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the blind to walk. Whatever they do. Lame to walk and the blind to see. But we don't have the word of God planted in us because step one is be quick to. And wisdom has shut her mouth on you because all you do is talk and get angry. Come on, somebody. God is teaching you something all the time. I've said this before. God is not wicked. He's not cruel. He's not trying to you know, run your legs over because you're at fault somewhere. He's not trying to punish you constantly. What he is trying to do is develop in you what he put in you. Like a good coach, right? And what he wants to do is like, he has put patience in you. You have patience. You just don't know it yet. And so all the time you're praying, God, give me patience. I just need to work on patience. I'm just trying to work on patience so I can be better for God. He's like, no, how about I come into the gym and I put you through my patience, uh, you know, training, and you'll be more patient. You'll see results if I get in and I train you. 
You're trying to be patient about stupid stuff, and God is trying to show you patience in who he is. Most of the time, when we get into patience, what we say is, is we're like, you know, I'm just waiting on God. Isn't that so holy of you to say? No, you're not waiting on God. Because waiting on God is actively participating in what he wants you to participate in. I'm waiting to be 220, but I got to get in the gym and do what I'm supposed to do to be 220. It's a wait, trust me. It's not going to happen overnight, but it's work. You're going to be patient, and you can't just wait God out. You can't just be like, well, I'm waiting for God to give me some patience. Any day. <laughs> Somebody play that song again, would you? You wait upon I just, and, and what happens is people get so annoyed, and they're like, they're like, I don't know. I just don't feel anything. I listen to the same worship songs, and they don't feel anything. No, you're not doing the work of humbly accepting the word of God that's planted in you. That's the work. And God will run you through his patience course. And you, guess what? You'll succeed at it because he gives you the patience. But you've got to be the person who actively participates, humbly receive. And you know what humbly means? It means that you can't hit the dirt with the chainsaw. Iron sharpens iron, not the other way around. And it's going to hurt. And it's going to be something that it's going to be like, ah, okay, all right, okay, all right. And most people, when they go to the gym one day, can't make it to the third day because they're too sore. They want to wait a whole week until they're not sore anymore. And when God moves in your life and he's moving you through some wreckage and he's taking you through some stuff, and he's like, would you shut up and listen? And you're like, I learned something. I don't, I don't have to learn this anymore. I'm still sore from the last time. Let's play some other music. Let's do something great and just be kind to everyone. And everybody can be kind to me. And then if they're not kind, I can be angry at them. And I can talk more about how we should all be kind because I'm still sore from that message. No, you need to sit down, shut up, and be quick to listen. Actively engaging in what God is doing in your life. And then you'll become the person on the inside who is a ninja, who is the LeBron James of the league. How does he do it? I don't know. Everybody hates him. If, if everybody hated me as much as LeBron James, I would quit. Thankfully, you guys love me. Patience. Here's one. Joy. You're waiting for just like this, this onslaught of slime of joy, like Nickelodeon. <laughs> I've got Joy. But joy is the active participation in God's work to make create that in you. It's, it's actually in you. Humbly accept the word of God that's in you and let it come out. Now, you want to know the best times to have joy? When you're on vacation. I mean, Walt Disney World is a wonderful place to have joy. Let's all go to Walt Disney World and have some joy. I don't know, let's go have lattes and shrimp in Malibu. That's a great place to be joyful. But joy is tested when the world outside is unjoyful. Some people are so unjoyful, they're Christians because of COVID. They're like, well, you know, God heals. Why do you have to wear a mask? What the heck does it matter? You're joyful whether we do or not. 
We have all of these things around us that we, stupid thing, this is one of the stupidest, it's in the Bible, so we have to like kind of, you know, like be angry and sin not, which is, so then people have come up with holy anger, like, and they just tack it to whatever they want, like, well, it's a holy anger, brother, like, no, it's not, it's bitterness. (laughs) Oh, I'm just a holy anger because it's the government and because it's this and that, like, who the heck cares? You're called to have joy. Maybe God is trying to teach you joy among not being joyful. It's funny that usually when we're the least joyful, it's because we're the weakest. We even have names like, I'm hangry. In other words, I haven't eaten to get nourishment, and so I'm angry. You don't want to see me when I'm hungry. These are all the times when we are not joyful. I'm, I'm hangry. I'm alone. I'm so lonely, and so there I'm not joyful. There's no one to be joyful with. I'm alone, tired, tired. When I'm tired, I don't have the energy to be joyful. Isn't it funny when you see kids running around having a great time and some adult will go, boy, I wish I had their energy. One of the most energized people I have ever met in my whole entire life was my grandfather. And he was 80-something, always smiling, Always laughing. If you said, Grandpa, after a what quadruple bypass heart surgery, Grandpa, we're going to go on a two-hour car ride across the cornfields of Iowa. Would you like to go? He would say, let me get my shoes and my wallet. He was happy to go. Joyful all the time. This is the same way that Kelly's mother is. I see B. she's walking around on a walker. She's like 80, 83 years old. Walking around with her little walker. How you doing, B? Oh, I'm just doing so good, Brandon. Good to see you today. Hey, you're still short, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I'm still short. So joyful. For those who know, B is like four foot five. And now she's old, so she's half the size that she was when at her tallest. So um, some people get more joyful with age. What's your excuse? My grandpa would walk miles every single day until he couldn't walk anymore. And you know what he did? He bought a chair. And he would get in his chair, and he would drive that thing. It had like a joystick on it. It Four miles a day, going four miles an hour. Joyful. In the worst of circumstances. The worst of circumstances. Lost his wife to cancer. Joyful. Can't walk anymore, joyful. Quadruple bypass, joyful. Every reason to complain, joyful. Maybe your excuses that you keep running your mouth about to God are not relevant. Maybe he is trying to teach you to listen. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to think on me. One of the worst things that has happened to our society is that everybody gets a voice. I believe everybody has a voice, but now everybody gets like to broadcast it, so they think that, they, that their opinion really matters. You know what I'm talking about? And we're told, my generation were the first ones, I think, that teachers were like, you know what, your opinion matters. <laughs> no, it doesn't. My opinion is terrible. But God's opinion is valuable. 
God's opinion is valuable. Brandon, how do you feel? Well, I feel like crap. I don't want to take a nap, and I'm angry, and I want to hit something as hard as I can. Well, at least you express that. No, I've just been quick to speak instead of quick to listen. Because the joy that God wants you and I to have doesn't come from us expressing our current situation. That's why God says, it's the joy of the Lord is your strength. Ha, 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 ha. The song says, if you want joy, you must jump for it. That's why you don't have joy. You're not jumping for joy. So God will put you in situations where it doesn't have, it's not joyful so that he can grow in you joy. Where are these things? They are in you. Humbly accept the word of God in you. You are working through so many things and processing through so many things that God has already given you the solution to. If you will just become the person who is so solid on the inside, you become a warrior like a ninja, like a samurai, like one of David's mighty men who the inside of you is stronger than anything the outside comes. But that takes a little bit of being in the dojo and it is not pleasant. It hurts a little bit and you're going to get sore, but you're going to have to humbly accept the word of God in you. You don't even know what the word of God says about most things. If you come to me and you're like, and you start complaining, what if I just said, what does the word of God say about it? Would you know? What did God tell you about it? Would you know? I would say that's your work. That's where you need to be. So in love with the word of God that can humbly, humbly save me mightily save me that is so powerful and effective for every good work. Help me out, Ryan. The person you admire the most in God has done this work. The person you want to be has done this work. It doesn't happen. You don't just get older and like, oh, yes. I've come to church enough and Jennifer sang enough that I feel like I can handle anything. I don't know. I've heard all the sermons. I don't know. It's like, no, you got to humbly accept the word of God in you. And it starts with being quick to listen, quick to listen, quick to listen. One of the greatest things, I didn't, I didn't think anybody even noticed. I didn't think anybody noticed. But in about 2012, I said, if anybody is talking about Jesus, that's what I want to listen to. I stopped listening to most music, and I'm a musician, and people are like, why did you stop listening to music? Because I subbed it out for what Jesus was saying. And people would complain and argue about what pastors were right and what pastors were wrong. During that time, there was a huge surge of people just like constantly bashing Joel's thing, and they may do, still do that. I don't, I don't even listen to them anymore. If, if they... If somebody has deposited Jesus into my life and then somebody else comes along and goes, that person is a heretic and a liar, but I know that they've given me life, I shut them off, not them. Same is true for your pastor. Somebody come along and say, I don't, I don't know about Pastor Block. I think, you know, blah, 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 blah. This person has deposited Jesus into your life and you want to talk about somebody you knew back in high school? Come on, man. 
So in 2012, I started listening to only people talking about Jesus. If they talked about it, and there's some people that, that I didn't agree with, but I would only listen to Jesus. People, if they would talk about Jesus, I would, I would only listen to, to pastors preaching. And some people would say, Brandon, you speak in tongues. You're demonic, demon-possessed. They would say that in their sermon, not, not, not to me. And I'd be like, I'm so offended by that. I'm so offended. They would call me demon-possessed because I speak in tongues. Like, I don't want to listen to that person. And God would be like, don't you dare turn that off. Don't you dare turn that off. That person's talking about me. And I would listen to people. I would, I would get it. I would have my headphones on everywhere I went. I would show up to the, the grocery store with headphones. And I would, I would be in the car listening to, to stuff that I could control. And I would be listening to the, the word of God. And I'd be listening to people talking about Jesus. And then one day my dad was up here and he was talking. He's like, if you, listen, if you ever see Brandon, he's always got headphones in. He's always listening to some sermon about somebody talking about Jesus. And there was times in my life that was like the hardest. And I remember hearing, I remember hearing all those, those just verses and sermons, stuff about Jesus. And I'm like, that's not true for my life. And God's like, shut up, you're my dojo. I'm training you. So now when people come to me, and they say, Brandon, I don't know that stuff you're preaching is so crazy that you think that God can do that and God's so strong and, and he's, he can do all this stuff and he's so wonderful and you're such an idealist and that's, it's a bunch of crap. And I go, I don't care what you say. I've been changed by the word of God. It's humbly, humbly accepted by me. And I don't, I don't know anything else. I can't open my mouth against it. I can't be angry about it. All I can do is live by it. And that's gotta be you. That's gotta be you. If it's not you, you will fail. You will fail over and over and over again. You'll never have victory over the things that are plaguing you. You will always be living in depression and anxiety and all this crap people wanna peddle to you and say, oh, you got this, you need this. Oh, oh yeah. Come on, man. You need the truth in the life of Jesus Christ. It's gonna hurt and it's gonna be tough and you're gonna get sore. But you can be a warrior, a warrior for the kingdom of heaven. I think the, the crazy thing is like 12 guys hung out with Jesus. And there was more people that hung around with him, men and women. And they became the apostles. And then they went out and did all this crazy stuff. And, and, and the, Jesus told them, he said, wherever you go, signs, wonders, miracles will follow you. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, disciple people, baptize them, do all of these things. And then somewhere along the way, the church goes, well, that was only for those 12 guys. And honestly, the truth is this, the truth is this. If you stop spending the time with Jesus that those 12 guys did every single day, the word of God came out of Jesus's mouth. Not just like, we're gonna have a Bible study. It was the word of God coming out of his mouth and they were supernaturally transformed by it. And everybody else who came in contact with them were transformed by it. And then somewhere along the way, 300, 500 years down the line, people go, well, that was just something back then. Because we were so comfortable to live in our filth and our evil that is so prevalent in the world than to humbly accept the word of God that transforms lives. Just bow your heads and close your eyes where you are.
My prayer is that you will be the person that receives the word of God, humbly accepts the word of God. Not everyone will do it. I could get up here and give a health talk and you could be so convinced you should go to the gym. Some won't, some won't. Some people will will hear from God. There's something inside of you that's leaping up going, I want to be that. I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to humbly accept that word. I can feel it. God is speaking. I want to obey. Some will and some won't. Some will and some won't. You can either be all God has called you to be Today, if I want to pray for you, that God would give you strength, that God would give you a love for his word, that God would baptize you fresh in the Holy Spirit. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you just where we are. Thank you. Thank you. God, give us a love for your word, a love for your spirit, to know you in a greater way. We are so convinced that you are the way, the truth, and the life. We set aside everything else and we tune our ears to you, just like Samuel, who is learning to hear your voice step by step. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. God, give us the grace to shut our mouth. God, give us a hunger and thirst for your righteousness and your words so that we're filled to overflowing. We know the areas you've been pointing them out to us and we so accept them. Say, yes, God, sharpen me with your word. Sharpen me with your word. God, we're so grateful today.